This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. As you're turning there, I'm, I'm going to give you a little insight on some things that, that I've heard recently, but also I've, I've studied stuff out. This was brought to my attention a number of weeks ago that on the 20th of months in the Jewish calendar, there would be great breakthroughs or incredible things that would happen. It was highlighted that in the first half of the year, the greatest victories and breakthroughs would come on the 20th of May. That's next week. And so when I begin to hear that, and I begin to see, and I looked, I saw how many times that stuff would happen. On the, it stirred within me, and this is what stirred within me. I said, man, I got an expectation. God, I don't know what you got in store, but I know my God's always up to something good. So I'm really going to challenge you. I double dog dare you. Get your faith. That believe God that something's going to happen. I don't know if some of you are believing God for something. You've been expecting something, whether it's a miracle, whether it's a job, something. Join in with me. And so I'm believing, you know, and when they said tonight that, that their first opening is May 20th, I said, my God's going to do something big that night. So you're all dismissed. We're done for the night. No, I'm just kidding. Just giving you a little thought there. So you're turning to Hebrews 13. I'm going to talk a little bit on the lines of faith tonight. I love to do this on Wednesday night. So I start tonight by asking you this question. What connects us to the Lord Jesus? Well, according to Romans 10, 9 and 10, that I believe in my heart and I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. So the way I connect to Jesus, the way I get born again, is I believe with my heart and I, I confess with my mouth. So if that's the way that I connect with Jesus, what would disconnect me? From Jesus, What would disconnect me from the things of God? I believe this when I stop getting into the word and I stop believing the word and I stop confessing the word or I neglect to do those things. So I'm giving you a little, little insight where we're going tonight. Hebrews 13 verse 15. Therefore by him or through him, the Lord Jesus, let us, let us, Continually, constantly offer the sacrifice of praise to God. Now, there's a couple words in there that really got my attention. We are to offer the sacrifice of praise to God. So when I see the word offer and I see the word sacrifice, that tells me real quick, it's going to cost you. So the Greek word for sacrifice means to kill or to slaughter for a purpose. To kill, sometimes that would be pride, that would be fear, that would be slothful or lukewarm, but also anything that threatens to diminish or interfere with our worship of the Lord. So he says, let us continually offer the sacrifice to praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips. The Passion Translation says, we offer from our lips that celebrate his name. He goes on to say, giving thanks to his name. The Amplified says, the fruit of our lips that thankfully acknowledge and confess and glorify his name. So I begin to see here that we are to give thanks to his name. 
That word confess right there that we give or we give thanks, it literally means to confess. How do I confess? Out of my mouth. And so one of the greatest ways that we bring praise to God is through our mouth. It's a way we connect to God. It's how we communicate to other people. It's the way we communicate to God. So when I read this, you know what I tell them? Man, I got to communicate to God. I got to talk to God. I got to speak to God. I got to fellowship with God. Now, go to your right to 1 John. We're going to go to 1 John 2 and then 1 John chapter 3. Right back there in the back of the New Testament. And as you're turning there, I'm going to go first in 1 John 2. What I'm going to do here is highlight the significance or the power from your mouth. And in then 1 John 3, we'll go through what it means to believe with the heart. So we start here, 1 John chapter 2, verse 23. Whoever denies the Son does not have the Father either. He who acknowledges the Son has the Father also. So I highlight the word acknowledge. You know what the word acknowledge means? It means to confess or to affirm. The way I confess or the way I confirm, it comes from my mouth. And so the way I look right here to the Father and the Son, it comes from the way I acknowledge him. I confess him, I affirm him. Oh, Lord Jesus, I affirm you today as Lord of my life. Lord Jesus, I affirm you today as the center of my joy. Now, go to 1 John 3, the very next chapter. Same verse, chapter 3, verse 23. And this is the commandment, that we should believe on the name of His Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us his commandment. Now, when we see right here we should believe, that means we are continually to place our trust to put our faith and rely on the name of Jesus. The Passion Translation says literally that we are to believe in the name, the Son of Jesus. So when I look at 1 John 2 and 1 John 3, one talks about the significance of my mouth. The other talks about when I believe with my heart. Now I can tell you right now, the greatest way that your faith will grow is I gotta get the word in me. Romans 10, 17 says, faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But it doesn't stop there. I begin to believe the word of God and I have to go ahead and confess the word of God. I will not grow beyond my confession, okay? What are you confessing out of your mouth? What are you saying out of your mouth? So again, I, I challenge you today. Daily confess the word. Daily affirm the word of God in your life. And here's an interesting thought for you. In Joshua 1, when God told Joshua, he said, listen, buddy, you've got to be strong and a good courage. He says that to him four times. But then in Joshua 1, verse 9, the first thing he says to him after that is he said, don't let this word depart out of your mouth. you, you got to get the word of God in your mouth. That was the first thing he said. He said, speak the word. Speak the word. Speak the word in good times, bad times, sad times, hard times. Speak the word. Speak the word. And so this becomes a, a discipline. I, I hope you're disciplined enough to brush your teeth every day. I hope you are. If you're not, next week we're going to give out free toothbrushes. So we'll help you in that area. Again, you know what that is? 
That's a discipline. Think about this. How many times as a child or as a parent right now do you have to tell your Johnny, did you brush your teeth? No. Well, that's sick. That's gross. Get it. And so what happens is you continually remind them of that, and before long, guess what happens? They begin to pick up the significance of doing it. It's the same with the Word of God. Every sacrifice is based on preference. So I got, I got to get to a place in my life where I affirm the Word daily in my life. I begin to speak what God's Word said, who, who I can be in Christ, what I can have in Christ, and who I am through Christ on a daily basis. Now, go with me to the book of Exodus, chapter 3. Way, 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 way back in the first part of the Bible. And we're going to highlight some things that begin to take place with him. Exodus, chapter 3. As you're turning there, I, I want you to begin to do this, that you find scriptures in your Bible. And I don't know if you highlight scriptures in your Bible with a highlighter. I don't know if you mark them with a pen. But those ones that you begin to highlight and mark, the only reason you highlight them and mark them is because they speak directly to you. I, I mark every day. I do not go to read my Bible. I, my, my writing is so bad, I have to take a ruler with me. People sometimes look and say, man, I don't know how his lines are so straight. They're not straight. It's that ruler. But when I begin to mark them, there's certain colors that I mark certain scripture with. Yellow means something and orange means something. And anytime I find one that really, really means something, man, there is a question mark that I put by that. And so what ultimately happens with those things, those are the things for the day that speak to my heart. So if those are that important for you to be underlining them or highlighting them, what would happen if you begin to confess them, if you begin to affirm them on a daily basis? So what this looks like is it may start out with one or two or three. That you begin to say, ooh, this is what God's word says. God, God's word says that in, in Colossians 3.17, everything I do in word or deed, I do in the name of Jesus. So what begins to happen? I begin to speak in line with the word of God, and I begin to think in line with the word of God. And so what happens then is over a course of time, you start adding those daily affirmations. You begin to speak those things. And so what happens is you speak them over your own life. You begin to speak them over your children. You speak them over your marriage. You speak them over that thorn in the flesh that you work with. Pastor, how'd you know I had a thorn in the flesh I work with? Hey, you do. Okay, I got it. I'm just kidding. Go with me here now to Exodus 3. And understand in this passage here in Exodus 3, the Israelites have been in bondage to the Egyptians for 400 years. 400 years. Exodus 3, verse 7. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the oppression or the affliction of my people who are in Egypt, and I've heard their cry because of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows, I know their suffering, I know their trials. So I have come down to deliver them out of the hands of the Egyptians and to bring them up from the land to a good and large land, to a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place, and you know what? You can go on all these ites. There's a bunch of ites, you know, the mosquito bites, the mall ites, the football lights, all these ites. Verse 9. Now, therefore, now, therefore, now, behold, the cry of the children has come to me, and I've also seen the pressure which the Egyptians oppressed them. Now, now watch this in verse 10. And he's speaking this to Moses. 
And he says, come now, therefore, and I will send you to the Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Now, God still works this way. God said, I'm going to send you, and this is what you're going to do. Now, this was a promise from God that he had spoken to to Moses. And, And it shows me right there, God believed in Moses because he was giving Moses this assignment. And so oftentimes when when we read the word of God and it pertains to me individually, we often think, well, God would do that with heaven, but I don't know that God would do that with me. Well, listen, if you're born again and you're a child of God, those promises are to you also. 1 Corinthians 1.20 says, all the promises in God in Christ Jesus are yea and amen, or so be it. So when you find the promises of God, man, You can tell the devil it's finished. Right there it says it. So you know what a promise from God is? That's my title deed. That's what God has said. And so right here, look at it this way. He says, now, listen, Moses, that you may go and bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to the Pharaoh? Who am I? And so when I read this first part of verse 11, You know what I get when he says this? Who am I? I'm unqualified. Who am I that I could influence the Pharaoh? So again, we go back to verse 10. God said, this is my desire for you. But because he begins to question the calling, it shows me right there. He's got to get to a place in his life where he believes with his heart. This is what God spoke to me. And then the second part of verse 11, he says that that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt. This literally says, what have the Jewish people done to deserve such a miracle? Verse 12. So God said to Moses, I will certainly be with you. I will certainly be with you. This was a promise that God made to Moses. He said, listen, you got to go, but I'm going to be with you. Certainly I will be with you. And so when I read this, this is the thought that comes to me. Do I hide behind my inadequacies? Do I hide behind them? And I begin to think about that. I I remember when I first got married. Oh my, you know what I thought? I thought, oh my gosh, Lord, I'm in over my head. I mean, I I don't know how to be a husband. Are you kidding me? I got enough problems taking care of me. And then, you know, the next kink that came into the rope. When I had a little girl came out, I thought, oh my gosh, I'm inadequate. She didn't come out with an owner's manual tied around her little neck. What do I do? And we go into these things called jobs, and and times we get into a job and we feel inadequate. And I can tell you there were days, Sundays and Sundays and Sundays and Wednesdays, that I would get up here. 
And I would feel so inadequate. I, I used to have these big pulpits, and you know what the big pulpits were for? For me to hide behind them. So people wouldn't see my knees knocking. And I would tell God, God, I don't know that I can do this. But something happens when we begin to believe the scriptures. Now, I'm going to quote a couple of scriptures here that begin to melt, that begin to wash away the inadequacies, the inadequates, or the inadequacies that, that brought bondage to me. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It was Jesus' power to sustain me. And so the next time you get in a situation where everything within you says, I can't, you start saying, well, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And so I would begin to quote that. And in Romans 8, verse 37, it says that God has made us through Christ Jesus more than conquerors. Not just conquerors, but he said, I've made you more than conquerors. Again, through Christ Jesus. This is a good one. This is one of the, I've wore this one out. This is Revelations 12, 11. We overcome by the blood of the lamb. We overcome by the blood of the lamb. So guess what? I just begin to say, I think I'm an overcomer by the blood of the lamb. So if I go back, whether it's, it's Philippians 4, 13, whether it's Romans 8, 37, whether it's Revelations 12, 11, every one of the things I quoted to they looked to Jesus as my source. And this was what God was telling Moses. He said, listen, Moses, I'll certainly be with you. And, and oftentimes when that happens, we get in a tug of war with God. And to a degree, you know what Moses was saying? God, you, you got the wrong man. You, you got the wrong address. You got the wrong email, the wrong phone number. It's not me. God saw something in Moses and that God sees that in us. Verse 13, he said, indeed, or verse 12, he said, I will certainly be with you and this will be a sign to you that I've sent you when you have brought the people out of Egypt. You shall serve God on this mountain. Then Moses said to God, indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and to say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they say to me, well, what is his name? What shall I say to them? Now, I read this Jewish commentary all the time. It's called a Hamash, and I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, okay? That's how it looks to me. But when I begin to study this phrase where he says, the God of your fathers, in, in the Jewish alphabet, Every letter has numerical value, or the numerical value goes to a letter. In this statement right here where it says, the God of your fathers, it's the covenant name Hashim. The word Hashim right here, or the letters of the word Hashim means 
the God who was, the God who is, and the God who will be. And so this is what he tells Moses. Who do I tell him you are? And he said, the God who was, and the God who is, and the God who will be. Now watch verse 14. And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me. Thus you shall say, thus you shall declare, I am that I am has sent me. And so you know what God was telling him? You march right in there and you look at him and say, I am that I am sent me. When you receive me, you receive I am. And so God was putting his thumbprint on him. And remember, he said, you tell him this, Moses. You say this to him. I am that I am sent me. Don't, don't worry about the Pharaoh. Don't worry about anybody else. To a degree, you know what I, I think God was saying? Relax. I got it. I got it. Just go. And when they ask, tell them, I am that I am sent me. So you want to see human nature? You, you want to see us to a T? Go to chapter 4, verse number 1. Then Moses answered and said, but. <laughs> I love that when I read it. But, but, if ifies and butsies were candies and nutsies, what a Merry Christmas we'd have. That's not a proverb, okay? Have you ever got hung up on the butts? I have. I, I used to stutter with the butts. I'd tell Lord, but, but, but. And this is exactly what happens with Moses right here, but. Suppose they will not believe me or listen to my voice. Suppose they say, the Lord has not appeared to you. But I got to go back and I hang on to what God said. I can't worry about what people say. This is what God said. And in my life, God trumps the rest of you yahoos. I'm going to believe God. I'm going to trust God. Same chapter. Jump with me here to verse 10. Then Moses said to the Lord, Oh, my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither before me nor since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and I'm slow of tongue. I butcher the English language. I make English teachers lose their salvation. I'm talking about me. Now, instead of believing the promises of God and believing what God said about him and to him, he starts trying to tell God, God, again, you got the wrong guy. I'm not eloquent. And look real close at God's response. So the Lord said to him, who has made man's mouth? Or who makes the mute, the deaf, the seen, or the blind? Have I not the Lord? In other words, you need to shut up. You're breaking the 11th commandment. Thou shall not be hung by thy tongue. 
In other words, I believe God was telling him here, you got to start believing what I said about you and then get your tongue in agreement and stop, start saying that. Verse 12. Now therefore go and I will be with your mouth and I will teach you what you shall say. But Moses said, Oh, my Lord, please sin by the hand of whomever else you may sin. Why don't you get Aaron? Why, why don't you get this guy? There? Don't, not me, not me. Yes, not you either. <laughs> See, I look at this and I begin to read into this and I think, oh, man, man there's part of my Bible just went. We're a lot like Moses. Until we get our mind renewed to the word of God. Romans 12. One. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind to the word of God. That's Romans 12. Two. Something happens when I begin to think in line with the word of God. And the process of human beings is when I read the word of God and I begin to get it in my mind, I got to get it in my heart. And one of the ways I get it in my heart is I start speaking it out of my mouth. Joshua 1.9, he said, don't let this word depart out of your mouth, but meditate on it there in day and night that you may ultimately do it, that you may observe it. And so what God desired for was Moses is you you got to start thinking what I said about you. You can do this. You, you can do this. And so something happens when I begin to quote what God's word says about me. Well, that's all of Exodus. Verse 14. So the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. Why was the anger of the Lord kindled against Moses? Because God knew in this situation right here that he was on the verge of missing the great destiny that God had for him. He knew that he was on the verge of living a mediocre existence. God was angry with him because he said, I got this for you, but you want to live down here. And so the Lord Jesus said this. He said in Matthew 6, 28, he said, Ye of little faith. How many times in the New Testament would Jesus look at his disciples and say, Ye of little to faith. Ye of little faith. But I don't believe when Jesus said that, that he was slapping them. When I look up that phrase, ye of little faith, you know what it literally said? Your faith is undeveloped. So Jesus was saying, come on, boys, get your faith developed. How do I develop my faith? And I got to get into the word. And then I begin to speak what the word of God says about me. And the more I find myself speaking, man, it begins to anchor in my, me in my heart. Something on the inside starts working on the outside. You're talking about a change in my life, a change in your life. And so when I talk about right here speaking the word out of your mouth, 
Man, your mouth will locate you. Matthew 12, 34 says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Your mouth will locate you. Your mouth will fix the landmarks of your life. You'll never go beyond your confession. Speak great things daily. Let me tell you how I I had to get a hold of this with my tongue. I had a tendency to speak before I thought. That's not good. And so we begin to see the, the power of my tongue. That's Proverbs 18, 21. We begin to see the significance of what comes out of my mouth. And we begin to see the scripture that it would talk about and talk about. So me and Shelly made this pact. And we said, if either one of us ever say anything that is negative or doesn't line up with the word of God, the other one has a right to correct you. Well, you know what I found out after about a day of doing that? It wasn't fair. It was running about nine to one in her favor. She'd say, is that what you're believing for? No. Well, then why are you saying it? I don't don't know. And so I got tired of her correcting me, so I changed my confession. No, I knew the word of God needed to get in the hold of me. It began to change me. I, I became like a surgeon with the words out of my mouth. And I encourage you right now, speak the word of God. Speak the word of God. No matter what the circumstances, what I feel or see, The word of God is working mightily in me. Speak the word of God. Speak the word word boldly. This is what God's word says. I could keep going on little little nuggets for you in my own life. I've seen this work with addictions. I've seen this work with sleep. I've seen this work in finances. I've seen this work in in my children. Speaking the word, speak the word, speak the word. You know the number one reason children fail is the words that have been spoken over them? You're stupid. You'll never amount to anything. If that was spoken over you, I break that curse right now. You don't have to believe those lies, okay? You can do all things through Christ. You're more than a conqueror. You're blood bought. You're the redeemed of the Lord. You know Psalms 107 says, let the redeemed of the Lord think so. No, it said, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Woo, I'm the redeemed of the Lord. Therefore, the redeemed of the Lord shall return and come and sing unto Zion. An everlasting joy shall be upon my head. I am the redeemed of the Lord. My children are the redeemed of the Lord. They are blood bought. And so again, I'm t- just begin to boldly declare. So I'm going to ask you right now, why don't you stand on your feet with me? You who are listening by live stream, I'm speaking to you tonight, okay? God has purpose for you and God has plans. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.